The North Country has some of the best flat-water boat builders in the country. You have the Newman Brothers in Canton, Grass River Boatworks. You have Hornback Boats in Olmsteadville and Essex County. And there's another at the very southeasternmost corner of the North Country in the Adirondack foothills that makes high-performance canoes and kayaks that weigh less than a medium-sized dog. We pay a visit on today's Story of the Day. Support for Story of the Day comes from Long Run Wealth, an SEC-registered investment advisor in Lake Placid, providing comprehensive wealth management, retirement, and financial planning solutions. LongRunWealth.com. And from SciTech Business Solutions, training and consulting services to help businesses grow. More information at CITEC.org. Hey, I'm David Sommerstein. It's Wednesday, January 3rd. First up, a national not-for-profit housing policy group says the housing shortage is twice as bad as it was a decade ago. According to a new report, the U.S. is nearly 4 million homes short. And the report says New York State alone needs about 240,000 more homes for everyone who lives here. Rural areas are especially vulnerable. Catherine Wheeler reports. Solving the housing shortage has many layers, finding the root causes and the best long-term solutions while also trying to help people now. The nonprofit housing advocacy group Up for Growth is focused on figuring it out. CEO Mike Kingsella says that's why they put out a yearly report measuring housing underproduction or how many homes were missing across the U.S. And unfortunately, that problem has become more and more severe each year going from 2012 to present time. And that problem, by the way, is getting more severe in rural America and small towns. According to Up for Growth's new report, housing underproduction in rural communities has quadrupled since 2013. That's despite steady population loss, meaning fewer people need homes in those places. Kingsella says the problem really picked up when people from cities moved to small towns during the early months of the pandemic. It drove up prices without the same growth in homes being built. He says in rural places, there's less economic incentive to invest in creating new or maintaining existing homes. When you can rent an apartment for, let's say, 50 percent less than in a comparable suburban community, it's a lot more difficult to justify effectively construction costs that are the same. And so there are real economic problems associated with community development in rural places around the country. Kingsella says the lack of affordable housing makes problems worse in small towns and rural areas. It bleeds into the economy, education, and health care. If people can't afford a place to live, they're not going to stick around or move there in the first place. From a community perspective, we have displacement of both people and businesses that sustain community culture and traditions. We've got a shortage of homes in job centers, making it difficult to retain and recruit enough uh, employees to meet community needs. And, you know, we carry the costs one way or the other of not having enough housing. For rural communities, Kingsella says part of the solution is finding more money. We think, one, um, increasing the availability of funding sources for housing production and preservation in rural communities is essential. And so from an Albany perspective, legislative efforts around appropriating monies to housing trust funds, vouchers, and project-based grants are all critical and essential to getting more units out of the ground statewide and, and in upstate. 
Governor Kathy Hochul tried and failed to address the lack of affordable housing in 2023, but she says she's going to try again in the upcoming legislative session. Kingsella says fixing outdated zoning laws could get more rentals and smaller affordable homes built. And he says looking at alternative building methods and manufactured homes could be a way for rural communities to cut costs and have more affordable places to live. Catherine Wheeler, North Country Public Radio. Boat building has been an Adirondack tradition for centuries. Today, we're going to meet a boat builder who puts a modern spin on classic canoes in the foothills of the southern Adirondacks. Anna Williams-Birkin has this North Country at Work story. Stan Stunnick is in his late 70s. He and his wife Kathy build canoes. A lot of canoes. We always say it's a retirement project gone horribly wrong. That project is Slipstream Watercrafts, a canoe and kayak business nestled in Broad Alban, a small town about an hour north of Albany. The Zdunnicks got into building boats in the 1970s. Kathy was doing whitewater slalom, where competitors raced kayaks or decked canoes through churning rapids. Zdunnick says that back then, you couldn't buy a good boat for the sport. They were too heavy. They were more commercial-oriented, so we built our own boat. Other paddlers saw them racers and they like them and it just gradually grew to the point that we were building a lot of racing boats. Five world champions have paddled their boats. The Zdunnicks took over a decade off boat building and lived on a houseboat. In the early 2010s, diesel prices got high and they decided to start making boats again. We specialize in incredibly lightweight boats. Some of our boats are less than 10 pounds. To get them that light, the Zdunnicks use materials like Kevlar and carbon. Some boats are hand-laminated, while others are made through vacuum-bagged infusion, a high-tech process that makes boats lighter while keeping the same strength. Sometimes people will get into them and they'll say, gosh, it feels a little tippy. And it's not that the boat is tippy in the sense that it's unstable, but they're not accustomed to the fact that the boat they're sitting in weighs less than one of their arms. All of this is pretty cutting edge, but Slipstream's designs have deep historic roots. To understand their boats, you need to know one name that's really important in the canoeing world. John Henry Rushton, who built boats in Canton starting in the late 1800s. People will say, oh, somebody is a generation ahead of their time or something like that. But John, his boats have not been improved on. Zdunek could talk about John Henry Rushton for a long time and one of his most famous boats, the Rushton Wee Lassie. Every company practically that builds canoes will build a Rushton Wee Lassie. Nobody has improved on the Wee Lassie in more than 100 years. Most of the canoes Slipstream makes mimic Rushton's designs exactly. They're just a lot lighter because they're made of Kevlar and carbon and not wood. His lines are clean. When you paddle, for example, a Rushton Wee Lassie, It's quiet. It's not pushing up a bow wave that splashes. When you look at the stern, you can barely tell the boat has gone through the water. Your paddle disturbs the water much more than a ten and a half foot boat. There aren't a ton of other businesses that specialize in ultralight boats, especially outside of the Adirondacks. So people come to Slipstream from all over the U.S. It's funny, there is a physician, a cardiologist in Seattle, Washington. He's a paddler. So 
paddlers who tend to have cardiac problems, they will gravitate to his practice. When he tells them, you can't lift any more than 10 pounds anymore, he literally writes a prescription for a slipstream wheel assay and specifies less than 10 pounds. He sold eight boats for us so far. Some New York State rangers also use their boats. Zdanek says they beat them up, doing things like firefighting and search and rescue. Once, a ranger used a slipstream canoe to paddle an outhouse across Blue Mountain Lake. Zdanek says that paddlers are some of the nicest people out there. We've had people show up at our shop buying a boat for two or $3,000 and forgot their wallet or their checkbook. And I can think of at least three occasions when we've said, take the boat, send us a check. Never, ever had an issue. Never. When they started Slipstream, Zdanek says they had a motto. Fun, low stress, and debt-free. That's worked out, and then some. On average, they make four boats a day. They have nine employees, and they've turned down multiple offers to buy their business. As the Zdanek's are in their late 70s, I asked if they plan to retire anytime soon. When we can't walk or breathe, probably... But the Zdunnocks are starting to transition Slipstream into an employee-owned cooperative. That will keep Slipstream local and let them stay as deeply involved as they want to be. For North Country Public Radio's North Country at Work project, I'm Anna Williams-Bergen. This story first aired back in October. We have more news all the time on our website, ncpr.org. Music today by Evan Veenstra of Gananoque, Ontario, and Danny Thomas of Canton. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.